Hey, man, welcome back to another episode of Carmen's Crew Podcast. Uh, our Buckeyes is hurting and we down right now, but we're going to keep it positive. We're going to keep it going. We're we going to think uh, good thoughts. That's all we can do for our Buckeyes, man. Thank everybody over at New Amendment for making this possible. Uh, again, here with my guy, Adam Jardy. Jerry Sullinger, myself, David Lighty. Kraft couldn't make it today, but we're going to hold it down for him. It's sad for us, guys. I mean, nobody saw this coming. Like, mm-hmm. literally, from how the season started to, you know, leaving the Maui on a, on a good note to playing so many close games. How has this, like, gotten to this point? Well, well, Lighty, I think from the beginning, we talked about this. Um, our schedule at the beginning of the season can either make us or break us. And right now it's breaking us. Uh, I thought we played well at the beginning of the season, starting to figure out roles, knew who the go-to people was. And then we had injuries. And now it looks like some leadership problems. I mean, we just we just put Bruce at the at the um captain spot with our with the captains we already got. I mean, it's it's just tough, honestly. It's just it's just a tough situation that we're in. We're young and um we we just got to find a way to figure it out. It's not like this, these guys are quitting every night. They're fighting for their lives every day um, playing in these games, man. And, and, you know, it's just heartbreaking when they lose so many close ones. It, it's funny you, you bring up the schedule because I was thinking about this the other day, how, you know, we talked about they had Maui and they had Duke and the ACC Big Ten Challenge and they had um, you know North Carolina and the CBS game. But then all the other home games were, you know, the – fluffiest of cupcakes like however you want to put it i mean you know alabama a&m and maine and mm-hmm. st francis pa and you know you look on that right now and you think about that and just like that told that i think that told us a little bit about you know what they thought about this team that they scheduled those games you know f- for a reason mm-hmm. um and then i think about like the big 10 schedule that they played to this point and you, know, you look at a record of 11 and 12 and three and nine in the big 10 and that's that's obviously lower than what we thought but like if they had you can play the ifs and buts game, you know, all day long. But to me, it's like you should have beaten Minnesota. You should have beaten Wisconsin. Both of those were at home. And easily, e- honestly, you just flip those two games to your point, Sully, about like these close games, these close results. But like you flip those two and instead of being 11 and 12, you're 13 and 10, you're five and seven in the Big Ten. That's probably reasonable for a team that had so many question marks. But instead, you know, you're staring at a losing nine out of 10 and you're not, you're not even in the NIT picture right now. It's, uh, it's kind of gotten away from them uh, in a hurry here this last month. I also think you're forgetting about Nebraska too. I thought we could have well, won the Nebraska game sure. as well. Sure. Um, I just think, you know, sometimes we, we, we carry a mindset where we're not really focused in the game. You see how disconnected I sent out a tweet one time. It was like, we look real uninterested and real disconnected. And at times we we have that, but then we play against a Wisconsin team and we're down at halftime, 43-27. And, you know, Coach Holman got ejected and all that good stuff. But but yeah, we come back good. in the second half and we outscored them 33-22. to 22, And it's like, why do we always create a deficit for ourselves and then try to play desperate and dig ourselves out of a hole? I think, we, that, I think that's just signs of a young team that's not being led by their seniors. It's interesting that you bring that up because the uh, the last two games, I was just looking this up for a story I was writing for the dispatch, but uh, going into this uh, Northwestern game, Ohio State has not had a lead for 108 minutes 
Mm-hmm. Since the first, it was the first half at Indiana, they had a lead. But since then, they trailed for the entirety of the Wisconsin game. And then they trailed for the entirety. Um, where was the last game? I was just there. Um, the Mich- Michigan, excuse Michigan. me. Yeah. yeah. School I mean, of North. School Michigan. of North. Yeah. yeah Michigan. Sorry. So, okay. so yeah. They, they have not Wisconsin, had a lead. Like, w- on top of, it's like, not. this losing streak and trying to, like, dig themselves out of that, like, they're not even, they've not even had the chance to play with a lead. And, you know, I feel like that that just builds and you I feel like that pressure is just is burying them right now. And you're right, Sully, like that's where you would think that, you know, Dave, you can speak to this. That's where you, you you're upperclassmen like you got to that, That's where I, I think those guys got to find a way to just figure it out. Oh, for sure. But I think uh, for us, that's the problem. We've been saying it since the beginning of the January when things kind of got rough for us. And you can't continue to say the same thing over and over and over. At some point, it has to be about action. I think uh, we touched on this uh, a couple episodes ago. You know, they just assigned a new captain. How how many times has that happened in the middle of the season? I think that's kind of unheard of. So I think that kind of speaks volume of, you know, kind of what's going on inside the locker rooms and on the court as well. Uh, When you got your upperclassmen, kind of what Sully just touched on, you know, looking – kind of disinterested or not, you know, really, you know, playing with the passion that you need, you know, to lead the way, then it's kind of tough. There's things like going on with us right now kind of happens. Everything snowballs, you know, one loss after another. It's just more and more pressure on your backs. And I think that's been the the tough part to for all of us to, you know, try to take in. Like, we didn't see this happening. We we definitely didn't think this was, was going to go on. But, I mean, I will say I, I'm a – a positive person. I like the fight that that we've been showing at least a little bit more. Justice, the second half of Wisconsin game, he came out a completely different player. And I would like to say he continued that, uh, you know, the next game versus Michigan, even though we didn't get a win. But just to see that, that gives me, you know, some hope that hopefully we, we can continue on this road. And, uh, you know, we're going to get over the barrier eventually and get a win. But it, it's just hurtful right now to see us you know, one win on the road uh, and, you know, second to last in the Big Ten in the standings. I definitely didn't, you know, predict this at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's tough. I mean, it's getting tough. into the X's and O's, it's really tough, you know, watching watching how we to be honest with you, you know, we're not, we're not, share, we're not sharing the ball like we normally do. Um, there's times where guys are just, I feel like they're hunting shots. And I mean, it's not a bad thing when you're a shot hunter and a shot maker and shot taker, but like it seems like we get down ten and everybody wants to hit that home run shot. Yeah, it's like yeah. everybody wants everybody wants to hit that home run shots. And to Coach Mata's credit, we're talking about hitting singles. We got to hit singles. We got to hit singles. And um, I think we the more we slow the game down, I mean, we're right there. We're not playing bad, but we're not playing great either. I think we have to have the the mindset that we deserve to win. I think that's that's the mindset that we're we're losing on. How much how much more do you think they need to start trying to do from the three point line? Because this was a talking point this week. There's something that came up, and I, I was looking at these numbers. Like this team is 26 in the country in three point percentage. They shoot 37.6 percent, mm-hmm. but they are 332nd um, in what percentage of their shots come from three. Right. So you're you're a top 30 three point shooting team, but you're a bottom 40 in three-point attempts compared to how many other shots you take. Like, this team takes so many shots between the paint and the three-point line that it just doesn't need to be taking, I feel like. And well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. 
analytics. analytics. I mean, you're totally correct with the analytics, but I also want to throw in a, a a sidebar where you know Zach Keith, he never got hurt. You know, he still probably be dominating the way he was before yes. he had the shoulder injury. Yes, and so. You know, there was times where they was doubling Zed on the block. Now they're, they're not doubling Zed on the block. They're letting Zed go one-on-one, go to his jump hook. And I think the more Zed is effective in the paint, the more we'll have inside-out shots. And the inside-out shots are way better than what my father used to call them, windshield wiper shots, where they just from perimeter to perimeter to perimeter, and it's nothing stepping towards the bucket. Inside-out, you always got your feet under you stepping towards the bucket, so you're going towards the bucket. That's a, a, a friendly quote from uh, Sass Sellinger right there. I like that. Shout I like out that. Sad. Shout out Sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you for brought sure, up Sad because sure. I, I've had a lot of people ask me what's what's happened in this this last you know six weeks or whatever. And I, you know, I, I was looking at his numbers going into that Purdue game, and obviously you would expect that as the Big Ten season goes on, things are going to probably dip a little bit. But he was shooting 62.9 percent going into that Purdue game. He was averaging 13 and a half and eight and a half, and I don't. Ha- and I, I don't have like his numbers those, yeah. since then off the top of my head, but he's shooting like roughly 40% since the injury. And he was shooting like almost, he was making like two thirds of his shots. Now he's making like 40% of his shots. Like it's clear that that injury has affected him, has affected his touch, has affected his confidence, I think. And that, that has had a pronounced effect, I think, on this roster, on on the offense, on trying to get the ball moving. Uh, you know, you I, I would like to hear what you guys think about that, how you've seen the offense uh, devolve, I guess, since Zed got the injury, because I think it's a big deal. Uh, for me, I, I would say for sure. Uh, I mean, when you take away a, a focal point of your offense, you, you're taking away so many different options. Uh, I mean, even just feeding the ball to the post opens up so much more options for for people to cut, people to slash, and you know, uh, movement. And I think that's the problem. We haven't had a lot of movement and ball movement, you know, from side to side in the paint and kicking it out and things like that. But you know, for, mm-hmm. for Zed, he's a banger. Mm-hmm. You know, he uses his body a lot. So for him to get in there and really be comfortable and use his shoulders, you know, to create space and get his shot off, I think it's, it's kind of in his mind and for sure in his body as well, uh, not being able to, you know, literally be himself out there on the court. So, I mean, I commend him for going out there and trying still for sure, but it, it definitely is not the same guy that we saw to start to see and then, I think you can say that that definitely affects the whole totality of our offense and how we dipped something crazy. Another, another thing I noticed about Zed, he's strictly on the block now. He's barely taking the three. Of course, a Wisconsin game, he took two threes, but um, I believe the goal going into this year was shoot two threes a half. And I, he's not even close to taking two threes a half. And I think some some of that is the shoulder effect, but also some of that is when you, you know your percentages is dipping. You're not trying to really make a dip when you're taking a yeah you're taking that a, another lower yeah. percentage shot for yourself. So you kind you know your confidence is not all the way there with, with certain shots. But you know you gotta give Zed his credit. He's battling through um, you know a shoulder sprain, but it's not easy in the Big Ten either. You know everybody's battling. He just went against um, uh, what's his name from School of North Hunter Dick, Dickinson. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just a lot of banging right there in itself. So I can only imagine what his shoulder feels after games and, you know, trying to limit what he can do. But, you know, we're playing basketball, man. At some point, you got to have a counterattack. At some point, you got to understand you need to you need to play better. And also, you got to understand that this team needs you more than we ever needed 
him before as far as, you know, shooting the three ball um, just by his dominance in the paint. You know, like I said at the beginning, you know, when we was doubling or they was doubling Zed, Sean McNeil was getting wide open threes. I mean, against against Wisconsin, he took one three. This is our best three-point shooter. He takes one three. That's that's absurd to me. And I just think that that's just, you know, it kind of falls on Zed Key's shoulders, but at the same time, like, we got to – our shooters got to shoot. I, th- I think I'll piggyback off of that, what you just said, though. So, like, you know, playing defense in the Big Ten as a big man, mm-hmm. that that wears on you. As a all-around player who checked one through five, you know, you're banging down there with people, and then you you got to go try to score a bucket as well. Like, that's difficult. That's tough. And he's injured at the same time. So, for sure, it's a lot for him to, you know, try to gather all in game by game, but hopefully he can get back to 100%. And uh, we can get this, what, what is it, eight games left? Eight or nine game win streak and, you know, make the NCAA tournament, all that stuff. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Coach Holtman getting ejected. Well, what did you guys think about that one? I, I like the fieriness. I mean, I don't think he should have got ejected. It was a terrible charge call anyway, but uh, we we needed something. We 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 literally have nothing else to try. So this this is the only option for. I mean, I, I mean, Adam, you can speak about it because you was there. But from where I was watching it in the living room, of my home, um, it's just tough when you're just losing and you're losing and you're losing and you're trying to find a way to fire your team up. And I thought that was the perfect way to do it. I mean. Granted, we was like I said against Wisconsin, we was down forty three to twenty seven at halftime, and we ended up losing by five. But I feel like Coach Holman was showing his guys he he was he was willing to fight for them. That's one, and two that you know what y'all need to game. wake up. Like y'all need to wake up. This, this game basketball is not loyal. The game of basketball is not loyal. You can do everything right, but some way somehow you might you might lose. And you might lose, and that and that's that's just discipline in basketball. We have to do everything the right way. I just thought, you know, Coach Holman watching it from from my living room was, I thought it was the right decision. Now I don't know what was said or how it was said or where it was at. I'm pretty sure Adam, you know what what really happened. So I'll let you tell it. Well, basically, as that unfolded, um, he, it had been building throughout the game. You could see the frustration. There had been two or three calls that had not gone Ohio State's way. And I felt like when this specific call happened, that was where you saw it all bubble to the surface. You saw the frustration of the game, the frustration of the losing streak, the frustration of the season, the frustration of expectations. Yeah. That all, I felt like, came out there from, from Chris Holtman. And he 100% deserved that first technical. What's interesting to me is what happened next. Because that official, uh, who turns out was roughing his sixth game in six days, which was a stretch mm. that started, He th- this blows... Oh, and, and, six de- oh, and this like stretch that? started, he refed a game at Stanford on a Saturday night. It was a 10 p.m. Eastern start. He then refed the game at North, or excuse me, at Purdue the next mm. day of the 12-15 Eastern start. And then he went to Texas, and then he was uh, Kansas, and then Iowa State, or, or excuse me, Northern Iowa, the day before he refed the Ohio State game. It was a game that went to double overtime the night before, and then he refed the Ohio State game. So... Sixth game in six days, probably not an ideal scenario. And Holtman said after the game that they would not talk to him during the game. He said, as a coach, you want to be able to have a dialogue with the officials. They right. would not talk would not talk yeah. to me, would not let me talk to them at all. So Holtman comes out there and he's fired up. He's mad he gets the technical. He like immediately gets the second technical and gets ejected. And his his 
his uh, beef was that he didn't think that he merited the second technical. He shouldn't have gotten the second technical. It turns out the Big Ten has apologized to him since and said, you should not have gotten that second technical. This is a very highly rated ref. He's like a top top well, five, top helping. 10 ref, depending on, on how you look at it, um, who I think had a bad moment. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, you saw Chris Holman going out there and fighting for his team. And then I thought this was one case where you had a referee uh, have an impact on the game. And you certainly, yeah, you saw Ohio State eventually rally in the second half. But, you know, that ended up being, I think, a six-point possession for Wisconsin mm-hmm. because they got four free throws and then they kept the ball and they scored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that was, bucket, yeah. that was a pivotal moment in this game. That's and, the game. Yeah. We lost and, by five. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I've seen Chris Holtman get ejected before. Uh, this felt a little different. There was some... You know, there, there was, you could, you could feel the frustration coming out. And, um, I think I even, as I was tweeting, Chris Holman might get a technical here before I could even hit send. He had been ejected. It was, wow. It was wild. Yeah. Oh, ejected. But that's, but that's crazy. Like, is so, that normal? They do so six referees six nights like that. I don't think I like, he got to get so, a bonus so, or something for doing this. It, it's interesting <laughs> because referees are, they're independent contractors mm-hmm. and they're not, they're like the leagues kind of work together. Um, but there's not like an overseer what, that would say, hey, you just ref this league, this league, this league, this league. So you can't ref our league today. Like there's not really anybody that's in charge of that. It's, Dang, I don't think I knew it, that. It, it, it kind of varies from league to league. Like if this guy was just working in the Big Ten, like someone in the Big Ten probably would have said, hey, you can't, you know, we're not going to schedule you for six straight games mm-hmm. or, or something like that. But these guys, they get yeah, paid by sure. the game mm-hmm. and they're going to work as many games as they can. There's not like a, there's not a yeah. Oh, there's yeah, not like one check. person that oversees all NCAA officials, and so oh, it's it's okay. it it varies from league to league, and leagues will work together on this stuff to try to make sure maybe these things don't happen. But ultimately, it's up to the it's up to the referees. Like they're gonna get as many games as they can and try to fit it in their schedule. This just seemed a bit egregious to me that you know, you would have six and six days starting in California and then at Purdue the next afternoon. Like it's when you, yeah. when I track the guys' travel, it blew my mind. Bro, he did. He hit every time zone. Yeah. Basically, goodness, yeah. gosh, that, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but for me, I mean, the, the Wisconsin game, it was terrible the first half, of course. But like I said, I always try to take the positive, the fight that they had and, and Justice showing up and uh, Ice being so aggressive. I think that was a good plus for us as well, the passion that he showed. But the turnovers yeah. killed yep. us down the end as well. We, we Like we had our chances. I think it was like 2.20 left. We had the ball down six. And we had empty possessions for like a minute, minute and a half, and we just couldn't rally back from it. But uh, I think going into the next game, uh, what do you guys think? I mean, Sully, you were home. They're, they're playing the team up north. It's a, it's a game, like you said, you, you got to be up for it. If you're not up for this, then, you know, what are you a Buckeye for? Um, the, what was your thoughts on, on the game? I thought we played started? well. I, thought, I honestly thought we played well. Um, to be honest with you, but it was just I couldn't get over how many times Hunter Dickinson went over his right shoulder instead of his left shoulder. Like, you know, he's left handed. You know, he wants to go over that right shoulder, make him take a different shot. I mean, we lost by eight. We couldn't we couldn't guard in the post. Let's let's start out there. But we also saw some bright points. I mean, Justice came back, played another OK game, which we kind of needed. Yeah. And then Bruce had a, a breakout game with 22 points. The thing that stands out in the stat sheet the most to me is that we only had six turn six turnovers, but we only had six assists. That's tough. 
That's tough. That's, tough, that's yeah. that. That's really that's tough for for the type of team that we have. That, that's what we talk about. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season, we'd have a game like this. It'd be sixteen assists, six turnovers. We'll win by eight, or we possibly lose, knowing how we played against North Carolina or Duke. But it is it, it's it's a lot of what is. But I thought we played well enough to to win this game. We just we're missing something. And I don't know what it is, but we're just missing something. Yeah. This game reminded me a little bit of the the game at Rutgers a couple of weeks ago because it reminded me that you can play well and still lose, and when you when you stack that on top of times where you don't play well and you lose, then it's it just it just it just continues to snowball because um, yeah, like the I mean to to start out the way they did against Wisconsin at home. You're you're playing a team that you should beat on your home court. You would expect mm-hmm. to come out with like the requisite like whatever uh, to to take advantage of that game early, and and they didn't. Yeah. And and you start to very quickly with this team get into like a deja vu feeling where it's like okay, you know, in this Michigan game they hit a three on the first possession and then hit another three on the next possession. Just like that, yeah. you're down six to two, and you're just you're That's chasing right. it from that point on. And um, but having said that, I. I Sully, I agree with you. Like, I thought they played better. I thought that was, you know, aside from not being able to stop Hunter Dickinson, um, you know, they they did a lot of things better in this Michigan game than they've done during this losing streak, but it still wasn't enough. And these are that that's why, like, I go back to you can't lose to Minnesota. You, you can't lose that Wisconsin game. You can't lose at Nebraska because you're going to have nights in the Big Ten where you play well and you lose. But you got to take care of the games that you should take care of, and and this team hasn't done that, and that's what makes these losses even worse. Now, for me, it was like you said, they start off the game hitting threes, so now it's like, uh, do we really want to go to the post and trap? Do we really want to help off of this guy or that guy? And I think that just hurt our whole confidence and, and the rhythm uh, of the game plan that we had. But I mean, I think we already understood that they were going to go to the post. You know, they were going to go to the block and, and try to hurt us because it's been like this literally all season. But on the other hand, just looking at us and, and what we did, uh, I, I think BT, shout out Sully in a little, as it was, we, like he, he should have did more. Like he had a great game. This is what's, when is, when is the last time we've seen him play like this? Like keep being aggressive. I think, what did he do? 10 for 13. Like 10, 10 for 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 10 for 13. Attack. Go, go 15 for 30. <laughs> <laughs> like we need something. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a scorer. Exactly. Like, you don't get these this many opportunities. So when you when you're on, you you have to let it fly. But I also like Justice being aggressive as well. And then the switch up for the starting lineup. We we didn't talk about that one. Uh taking taking um Mr. Sandball out of the starting lineup. What what would we think about that? Uh I mean they he, he wasn't himself. I'll just say that one. He wasn't himself. The, the the reason that was given was that he's starting to get a little foul prone and they want to try to make sure that he's available later so he doesn't pick up an early foul. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he still played starter minutes, but like when you're, we keep talking about, <laughs> we, we keep talking about these slow starts and he's your best scorer. So do you need him there from the jump so you're not falling behind 10 to 2 or something? Catch 22, Adam. Yeah. Catch twenty two. It's a catch twenty two. Damn if we do, damn if we don't. Um, I just think I just think that's, that's how right. it is with Bryce. Um, we need him, and everybody knows we need him. It's just can he stop fouling? 
And I think that's what I think that yeah, can't get, can get it stopped. <laughs> I think that's what other teams are doing now. They're putting yeah. in so many actions, yeah, to try to take away his offense for sure, for sure. Um, on on one side of the ball, and they know when you know he makes a couple mistakes, Coach Holman's going to yank him just to get it, you know, give him a reset. But but I just think damn if you do, damn if you don't. I don't mind Bryce in the starting lineup. I don't mind him out the starting lineup. You just know he's going to come in the game and give give you what what he gives you. And so, I mean, he's been rebounding the ball extremely well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's on, definitely on, attacking on that him. part. They had nine rebounds in the Michigan game. And for me, that that he's the only one who's been consistent. Like we know what we're going to get out of him. So it's like you said, Sully. He's fine either way, and he's going to play the minutes. So it's the other guys who who have to pick up uh, uh, just a little bit more each game, hopefully. We can pick it up more and more. Uh, but the fight, even the second half, uh, what was it, a three- or four-point game, uh, literally the first uh, four-minute wars, I think it was. So, like, we're right there. Like we said, we, we played a good basketball game, but that's just the Big Ten and how it goes, especially on the road. Uh, you, you, we, we need to find that it factor. I think that's our biggest thing. We don't know what that it factor is, but all of the great teams or good teams you usually have it, and – we're still searching, it, and it kind of hurts us, really. It's, it's a tough one. But, all righty, we're going to get into the Sky Report segment. This week, we got Northwestern and Michigan State at home. Two home games. We definitely need two wins. I'm not going to throw no predictions or nothing out there yet, but <laughs> we started off the year with a great Northwestern win, so – one. I'm just telling you what I want. I want another one of those performances. But Adam, what do you see with Northwestern coming in and wanting some revenge? You know, yeah, in, I mean, in Columbus. Northwestern has proven to be one of the more surprising teams in the Big Ten. I mean, you're, you know, they're they're seven and five in the league. They just won at Wisconsin. Like, you know, this is exactly it, this ain't Crazy. the the same Northwestern team that you expect if they're coming to your town. You're just gonna drub them like they. They've got some more defensive bite to them, and they've got some they've got some things that that really work. Um, but if, if you're Ohio State, like I feel like this is a good opportunity to flip it, you know, from their viewpoint and say like the last time we played these guys was like the best game we played this season. So let's go do that again. Like you have a comfort level and a familiarity with this roster that you should theoretically be able to draw some positive associations from that and and put yourself back on a good path. But you know, I'm sort of to the point with this team where until they do it, I don't necessarily expect them to do it. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I think they can, but I, I, I need to see it at this point. Like, I just, I I, I don't know. Until they do it, I, I have doubts that they can do it again, if that makes sense. I, I just think it, action. you're right. We need we action. We do need action, but it's just so hard when you go through the ups and downs in the season. We're, what, nine out of ten we lost? Like, it's kind of hard to find that spark. Um, to be able to find that type of game again, you know, because right now you're just searching. Everybody in their mind, as we're talking about, Zed has to be better. Justice has to be better. Sean has to be better. Ice has to be. They're all thinking the same thing we're thinking. Yeah. And if they're not thinking what yeah, we're thinking, that's, true. that's real. Then that's a that's one. That's a problem. That's a that's, that's the that's problem. The problem. If they're not thinking <laughs> what we're thinking, 
But yeah. at the same time, if they're thinking what we're thinking, they're only putting pressure on themselves. And, you know, sometimes pressure breaks bust pipes. And that, and I think that's what's happening right now. It's like everybody's on themselves. Like when they throw a turnover, it's almost like the end of the world. They're like, damn, not me. I don't want to start uh, yeah. this snowball effect. Well, you know, they miss a shot. It's like, damn, I don't want to be the guy that misses an open shot. So it's like they're they're kind of mentally beating themselves up. So I just think with this Northwestern game, you got to come in and just let's look at the season. We got eight games to go. We are zero and zero. Let's just start a whole new season. Yeah. And let, let's see what we do with these last eight games. See what we do in the Big Ten tournament. And then let's determine our future from there. But if we if we just keep playing with the same mindset, playing with the same energy, the uninterested, disconnected body of team, then we stand no chance. Oh, that that's real. That's definitely real. And then we got Michigan State after that. They they're hot. Nobody wants to play an Izzo team, you know, deeper in the season because we know they get better and better. And they just got a good home win uh, last game. So, Adam. What's the scout report on, on it's Michigan It's a really State? good defensive team. I mean, they're they're top 30. Yeah. Yeah, Scrappy I mean, it's kind always, of what you, yeah. you know, would expect for, from Izzo. The, the thing that interests me is they have such a short bench. You know, they don't – they didn't really add a whole lot this offseason to where, um, you know, if they have one or two guys get in foul trouble, then they're really in trouble. And I know Izzo has talked about that recently. Like, he's playing guys 30 minutes that he doesn't want to play 30 minutes, which I think is telling. And those are like some of the higher end guys, like the high usage guys. Um, so I, it, it's not the same like world beating Michigan State team, but it's you know what you're going to get from a Tom Izzo team. You know what you're going to get this time of year from a Tom Izzo team. Um, so a great scout report. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you've, you've got to be ready. <laughs> you've got to be ready. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, it, this is the first time they've had back to back home games since like December. So. I don't know. Does that does that ma- so, does that mean anything at this point in the season to this team? I, I'm really not sure, but it they got to show us. <laughs> they got to show us, like you said. That's, they got to show us. It, it doesn't. It means nothing until they show us, like you said. It, if the disconnect isn't there, it's gonna be like Sully says, the same thing over and over again. So, I mean, for us, it's, it's like you said. Hopefully, we can flip a coin and and say like this is the week where we're gonna start our run or start to turn that corner and. Gives ourselves a chance. Give ourselves a chance. I'm going to bring it up. I really don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to bring it up. NCAA tournament or NIT? What, what are we looking at? Because right now we're not even in. But do we still have a shot? Adam had the numbers we talked about a little bit saying that we're still, you know, top 50 somehow, some way. But it's not looking good. But I'm going to say, I'm going to stay positive and say we got time, but time is running out. I mean, the. The computers haven't given up on this team for whatever reason. Like, and you know what? What we're seeing with our eyes does not match up with what Ken Palm says, with what the NCAA's net rankings say. With all, I mean, you look at any computer projection, and this is still a team that, you know, if if you were to say, hey, you stack a couple of wins together, suddenly you have a resume that, you know, probably shouldn't matter, but it 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 very well could. And the Big Ten's going to give you some opportunities. I mean. You know, Michigan State, you're going to go still go to Purdue. Like you've got you've got games that are still going to matter. Yeah. The problem is you've, you've dug yourself such a big hole. You have no room for, for error at mm. this point. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to project that this team's going to reel off a string of wins after it's won one game since New Year's Day. But the computers still love this team for whatever reason. I, I don't think so. 
I, I honestly, I don't think so. We're an NCAA team. Um, we got too many bad losses. And then some of the some of the teams that we did lose to, they have really bad losses. And like like North Carolina bad losses and, and too, Duke. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even San Diego State, I believe they lost previously in their conference. Uh, I think they have a bad loss as well. So going through the the whole, you know, our whole schedule, we really don't have really breakout wins um, that, that really qualify us for the NCAA tournament. Uh, NIT possibly, but again, being at the bottom of your conference right now, I don't, I don't see NIT or NCAA at yeah. all. And if we're in the NCAA, then that means the whole Big Ten should be in the NCAA. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. I, I'm with you, though, right now. How? This is like, literally, if you look yourself in the mirror and you say Ohio State's an NCAA tournament team, then you're crazy, I, I would say. And that's hard for me to say you know, for my Buckeyes, because we never predicted this mm-hmm. or saw this happening. But like Adam said, we, we put ourselves in a hole, so you going to dig yourself out or not? Like, I do think there might be, be something next? to be said. If this team could get to a position where it could play in the NIT and get a couple more games, like Dave, you were on that team that, um, you know, the experience that, the experience that you guys Shoot. had, I know you don't, I know nobody cares about the NIT, and I know you guys, <laughs> you know, his, you, you guys, you guys famously like what, threw the trophy in the river. I think. I mean, like it. I, I've never, I've never yeah. actually seen that trophy since the day that you guys got it. And I've seen the picture of you, Dave, holding it. You're like the least interested I've ever seen somebody holding a trophy. Um, but like the 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 experience that maybe this team could get out of something like that. If you got if you had an NIT run with Roddy and Felix and Bruce playing high level minutes, knowing that they're going to be back next year, like. There's some there's some benefit there that I don't think a lot of teams would get out of an NIT run, but they still right now they're not even in that. So I don't know <laughs> exactly. So I'll give you I'll give you the story on this man. That was just a whole turnaround for me going from the national championship <laughs> to the NIT championship. <laughs> NIT championship. And the big thing was we could have played Florida in the championship, so it could have been a rematch, but they end up losing. But in all honesty, it was just like, be free. Once we got to the NIT, which I'm still mad about because we were a tournament team that year. Sorry. Uh, it was literally, I don't know how they let us out. I, we should have been in there. But we went on a roll. I think that gave us confidence. It definitely gave Evan a lot of confidence going into the next year. So there definitely is positives out of it. But when you look at it, our team structure, of course, was different. Like the players that we had, the team setup that we had, we, we should have made it to the, the tournament. Uh, for these guys, the younger guys and the group that we have, I think for sure it could be something that can, you know, build, you know, game by game. Uh, but in all, in all honesty, it's going to be what's going to happen after the season. Who's going to be around? Who, who's going to test the waters and see what's going to happen, you know, NBA-wise? Who's going to test the portal? Uh, who's going to be available in the portal? So we talk about that a little bit. With the class that we have coming in, what do you guys see happening, or what do you, who do you think might test the waters and leave? I'll, I'll just toss it out there right now. I don't, I, I don't know what happened to Tanner. Like he's been gone <laughs> this whole since this year started. He's like literally been a no show. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I thought he was going to be a big part of our team starting the season off with the experience that he had, but. It just didn't turn out that way. So, 
uh, I'll just say the the expectations of guys testing the portal and and the incoming freshmen. How, how do you see things turning uh, out? Next year I mean, the whole Tanner situation is kind of funny to me, um, just because beginning of the season and what we saw in um, the Bahamas, thanks to Adam with all his good writing, uh, we thought we had a legit ten point <laughs> scorer off the bench. And, I, I literally, yeah, a guy who's right. been through and it I, all. I yeah. just think for for Tanner, I think and Adam touched on this. It's just like it's hard for you to grasp a role where you go from averaging 20 for like two or three years to all of a sudden now you're coming off the bench and now your option D E or F. I hate to say it like that, but that, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at in mass. Right. That's what it if, is, it, if it ain't justice, Zed, uh, Bryce or Bruce, then after that it's him. So like him not having the ball as much that that's kind of a shocker, you know, for him as well. So he has to learn. I think um and then you add Gene into the into the mix, which, you know, coming off an injury and then he's still he's getting playing time at that. A guy that Coach Holman trusts. I just see a lot of guys I can see a lot of guys moving. Um, Tanner, Gene, and I honestly say, you know, Bryce is probably gonna test the waters and stay in the waters at this rate, um, that he's playing. Um, as long as he I think I think, think so, so. Honestly, I mean, there's there's not a lot more for him to prove other than you know playing well defensively. But I mean, who who can guard in the NBA? To be honest with you, with no defensive three seconds, um, I mean, you, you're kind of on the island all the damn time. Um, so I mean, he can learn how to play defense at the next level while getting paid handsomely. I mean, ESPN <laughs> had him true. as a. I think they projected him in fifteenth in its most recent mock draft, like. I mean, he's. I don't. Oh, I was fifteenth. What yeah. pick? First round. So like. Oh, I did not know that. I was, I was not even going to lie to you. I did not know that one. The last time I've seen it, he was. He no, was the second round. That was maybe. Yeah. So I mean, if ago. if that's where the projections are right now, I mean, there's still time. There's yeah, still time. Malachi, but, you know, well, I think it's getting more and more difficult by the day to think that he's going to be back next season, and so I think. What does that do for next year's roster? I think is a fascinating question because you had very much banked on him being back, you know, until probably the last like month, month and a half, maybe. Um, so like, you know, yeah. So Tan- Tanner is outside of the rotation right now. They've trimmed the rotation. He's on the outside looking in, but does he look at that and say like, there's a, there's a spot like, you know, if, if the team's leading shooter from this season is not going to be back like that creates opportunities and obviously justice won't be back he's out of eligibility like you start kind of going down the list and there's going to be playing time that they will be able to sell to guys next year and whether that's you're selling that to a tanner holden or you're selling that to like whoever the top transfer you know option is like you know there's i don't know what this roster how much roster turnover we're going to see because i do think you can easily paint paths for a lot of these guys to have bigger roles next season just depends on if they want to stick it out and, and fight for it here, or if they want to go somewhere else. I don't, I don't know, but that, yeah. that, that recruiting class is pretty solid too. And they've got some dudes in there that I think Scotty Scotty's going to be good. I can't wait to see Devin Royal. I mean, that dude is, Dem- yeah, Devin. he's, he scored at every level. Like, see, but this, see, now that you, now that you're, you're, you're speaking about better and better. other recruits coming in, you got to think about the similarities. I mean, I'm not comparing Devin Royal to Justice Suing, but in my eyes, and you know, him being a Columbus yeah. kid, even though it says Pickerton on it, 
Um, I feel like he brings a little bit more. He he can bring a little bit more. Um, he's he's a little bit he's a little bit stronger. He he has a little bit better post game, I believe. And I just think Devin Roy is going to be that guy that kind of takes the Justice Swing minutes. And then if you got Bryce that leaves, I see Scotty coming in and being something like Bryce with uh, with a more advanced Bruce, with a more advanced Roddy. I mean, I just I just see this this team, and then you got Zed in the middle that you know comes back and shoulders fully healthy, so we can see that good jump hook that he got. So. We got we got guys in this next class that can replace what we're we're potentially about to miss, and I just think we did a great job uh, at, at doing that recruiting because I mean nobody counted on Malachi to leave, um, and, and Malachi ended up leaving. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Will, will there be a bright yeah. sense above Malachi? Yeah, I think about we that. don't know, but. Si- but since Malachi left, now we see a Bryce Sensible. Now, exactly, do, do, is there going to be a Bryce Sensible next year? We don't, we don't know. But you know, only time will tell. I think, think about it this way: if Justice Suing isn't hurt last season, and Justice plays like the normal like year that we would have expected from Justice last year, Malachi is back this year. And think about then: if Malachi is back this year, because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have gotten the same number of shots, the offense wouldn't have given him as many opportunities last year. So Malachi would be a sophomore this year. And if Malachi yeah. was on this team, think about how many, like what sort of offensive role he would have and how that would impact Bryce. And then I think you're talking about Bryce is back next year. Like it's amazing that like the, the, the domino effect in college basketball and all it takes is like one yeah. injury or one decision that you're not, you can't forecast. And then, you know, it's all different. I mean, you can say the same thing about coach Mata when he was recruiting, he had Greg, Mike, Daquan, they all left. Recouped with E.T., John, Costa, then Costa left, and then recouped that with, I forget who else came after that. I think it was Dallas. It was uh, somebody. Uh, no, Dallas is what Costa. Yeah, B.J. It was B.J. Will, and then he had that group for two years, and then E.T. ended up being a, a top two pick, and then I came the next following year. It was just like a snowball effect. So I mean, just you. Sometimes you got to recruit in a way where you. It's kind of crazy. It's like you know this guy might leave. Let me recruit somebody in that similar position. Honestly, Malachi I thought was a two-year player, but as the season went on, he got better. Similar to Bryce, as the season goes on, he gets better. Now defensively, he has to get better, but that's neither here or there. So I mean, at the end of the day, we we just got to figure out what works for us. I think we at the beginning of the season we knew what worked. We had a, a big bench. We used all our guys. Everybody came in and gave us something different. And then now it's like we're kind of searching for guys that give us a pick me up. And we're kind of we don't we don't have that same type of surge, that same type of energy that we had going into the season this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's tough at this time of year trying to find those kinds of answers when you're going on the Big Ten and playing four out of five on the road and things like that. Like it's it's not a good time to be looking for answers. No, it's not. And, and the the hardest part about looking for answers is we're going to our young guys for the answers instead of our older guys. And I just think that's what made my freshman year team so efficient is that when our young guys will keep it quite frank, bullshitting, here comes Lighty, Dallas, John, <laughs> and Will, and you can even throw crap in that situation, getting on your ass about what the hell you're not doing right. And um, I, I mean, I'll never forget it. You know, this went, I knew Lighty was a leader the first day he got out of his boot. The first day he was allowed to run the mile. And everybody's like, nah, Lighty, don't run. He's like, I'm running. He was he was first across the line. And he hasn't ran in three months. 
And I was like, that's just the type of leadership that, you know, it didn't matter if I was in a boot for three months. I'm still going to give it my all. And that's that's what carried us into the number one team that year and should have went to a final four later on in the championship. But, hey, that's neither here nor there either. Word on campus. What's the word on campus? I know you probably hear a lot of stuff through Twitter. I know you hear a lot of stuff about, you know, all through your email. What, what are the people saying to you, especially you, Adam, because you're writing up stuff constantly about this team. What, what are you reading on the word on campus? Just a lot of unhappy people. I mean, you know, it just seems like it's just like it's ever since the North Carolina loss. It's just like the dr- the drumbeat and the tenor of the conversation has just changed to where people are, they're just angry. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's not a very, it's not a happy place right now to be an Ohio State basketball fan. That's just the, the, the general consensus I take away from all the people that I hear from our readers. You know, it's just, there's a lot of anger right now that this has gotten to where it has gotten. I mean, as it should be, though. I mean, it's literally our fault. So, I mean, it, it's warranted anger, but you got to show support. You got to show love. You, you got to keep going. I mean, that, that's Buckeye faithful as well. This is this is an outlier season. This is this might be the first season what Holtman doesn't win twenty games. So you can't say like he can't get it done. He can't do this. He can't do that. The program is this and that. Everybody's always ready to change. Like, what what do you want? Who do you guys want to come in? that's going to make this big of a difference for us. <laughs> so, like, just show love, show support, and keep rocking with the team. Like, it's, like, it's literally all you got to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's Buckeye fever everywhere. Go to the game, fill out the shot, see what happens with the team. Maybe that helps. Give them some confidence, those type of things. I think right. that goes a long way. Uh, but, I mean, w- when you lose it, it's tough to say uh, – it, it's definitely tough to say that. It, I'm yeah. yeah. I'm, with, <laughs> I'm with you, Lighty. Definitely tough. Definitely tough. But I, I got a shout out. You know, Karma's crew is coming back for TBT this year. Um, we, we're going to go with a Holtman type group. Um, we're going to have Keyshawn Woods, Andre Wesson, Kayla Wesson. Uh, I'm going to have Trevor Thompson, CJ Walker. Uh, we, we're going to have a nice little group of. Uh, of guys that came from the home area of, of Ohio state basketball and try to, you know, put them on the map because, you know, the old heads we're done. We're, we're getting old. We can't, we can't keep doing it anymore. So we're going to keep fighting and we're going to start a new era of commerce crew. I'm excited to write about that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I had to tell you first, you can, you can blast it on, on your dispatch or something. I, I love when you do that. You make us look so cool. You guys do the hard work. I just have to put words down. I mean, I'm not the one That's with the ball the, in the hoop. Yeah, but the hard work is making sure your words sound great to the point where they're they're in the picture. That's what makes your your writing so great. You know, they put, you put us in the picture. Oh, geez, it's gonna put the boots on. It's getting deep. I have had people tell me they want you to coach the Ohio State Sully, just for what it's worth. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I've gotten that I from would, people. I wouldn't want that pressure. That pressure's too much, man. That's a lot of pressure. I, I don't know what I would do, especially in a nine game or nine out of ten game losing streak. I mean, Holman did everything: switched lineups, took some players out the lineup, add some players into the lineup. Um, I, I, you know, at this point, it's, it's it's to the players. I mean, the coaches have done everything that they possibly can do. It's up to the players. They got to they got to find a way to 
uh, like Lighty said, keep fighting and, and, and show support for one another. I just, you know, the disconnect right now is crazy. Um, it's not much Hopeman can do right now. You know, he's done everything. I mean, he switched up everything and he's running out of out of options. Don't we have like the most different starting lineups in the NCAA or something like that? Ooh, I actually, I don't know. That's a good, that'd be a good stat to look up. I haven't. Oh, he doesn't change I can roles. You, I can. <laughs> Taking over your job, Adam. I, <laughs> oh man, I mean, I'm just saying we switch lineups every, almost every every day. They they have used a lot of lineups. I I actually have this crazy spreadsheet that has every lineup they've used and how much they've used it that I have to update every game and it it's significant. Let's put it that way. See, there you go. Well, we're gonna try to stay positive. Send all the love to the Buckeyes, and also we're gonna shout out. Himself, LeBron James, man, breaking a record. Yes. Oh, I got it. I got to give it to him just to watch yes. that man play the, the game of basketball and to see how his whole career has turned out it has been crazy. So I'll give my love to a Buckeye supporter and shout out Mr. King James on his accomplishment. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you for all of you done for basketball in Ohio, Ohio State, Cleveland, Akron, everything all over the world. In all honesty. Yeah, shout out to King James, man. That that I mean, just watching the longevity, and then everything that they put on him. He lived up to every Crazy. piece of hype that beyond you ever put it, on beyond, his back. Beyond it, yeah. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable, and just the way he carries himself on and off the court, uh, it's something to look up to. Yeah, absolutely. The the fact that we live in a world where every second of his life is probably being filmed and watched and scrutinized, like the worst thing he's ever done is the the decision, <laughs> and <laughs> you know like. And, you know, that raised $2.5 million for the Boys and Girls Club. Like, if the worst thing you do in your in your professional public life is you raise $2.5 million for the Boys and Girls Club, you're, you're doing something right. For um, sure. Yeah, he's yeah, for sure. amazing. So, hey, we appreciate y'all coming in and tuning in with us. Make sure y'all tell a friend, tell another friend who's going to tell another friend to keep logging and then in. And I'll tell man. your friend. And then that friend, too. Yeah, log in, sign, sign in on YouTube, retweet, uh, DM, Instagram, all that different stuff. Make sure y'all follow us and uh, appreciate y'all. Keep rocking with Beyond the Big Ten, Carmen's Crew Podcast, Options, man. We love y'all. Go Bucks. And uh, congrats again, King James. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.